Welcome to the Soul to Scene podcast, episode 27. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and today I'm joined by Gary Riley. Hello. And Ross Annett. What's happening? And we've just been watching the Carwai drag race video of the Tesla Model S Plaid up against, what was it, against an SF90, Ferrari, and... Turbo Very, very close, very, very quick cars, and... The uh, reason we're talking about it is there's one lurking about Belfast at the moment. There's a demonstrator cruising about, left-hand drive only, mm-hmm. uh, which is, of course, why Pete cancelled his order. Mr. <laughs> order Cancellation himself, Pete, big shout-out to you, and let us know what you're cancelling next. Can't <laughs> wait to uh, read all about it. But a uh, very, very quick car, 200-mile-an-hour car, six or quarter-mile in under 10 seconds out of the box. Yeah. Just un- unreal. unreal. But not here to talk about EVs in this whole show because I tell you why uh, looking at car replacements for the Yaris because sold the Yaris there a couple of weeks ago and I've had a list of things including Model 3 Performance which mm-hmm. I've talked about which I'm not buying <laughs> because actually when it comes down to it and you have to spend your money we've got an EV in the household already love the IPS, but really last opportunity you know last last dance this is the last, last order before you become a two EV family. Maybe. So, anyway, sold the Yaris. It went 24 hours. Couldn't believe it. And so the very next day, uh, went to see a McGann RS 300 trophy. Okay, yeah. And uh, <coughs> shout out to Eddie in RMS, who uh, was, just because he has a beautiful liquid yellow one, twisting my arm. And so, like, I had to go and... Uh, scratch the itch and I actually made an offer in the car because it was quite, quite a nice car but I got chased because the offer was just absolutely pathetic <laughs> but uh, not because Eddie's hungry <laughs> uh, oh no it wasn't I wasn't after his car di- no no it was different different car but uh, it it was fine but it didn't have the same buzz that the Yaris gave me so so the the French va va didn't meet the the Yaris's yeah well look and, and, but it, it it was five door, and then so well it was five door. I was thinking about right, I'll buy something like the Yaris, but just bigger with more doors. So I'll go. I went and look, or uh, FK at Civic Type R was on the mm-hmm. list, which and which I was like hoping you would buy. Gary was top, top twist my arms like yeah. buy, buy one, buy one, buy one, buy one, buy one, and then I thought right, well I'll try and do the same thing that I did with the McGann. I'm going to go and see see what one's like. And if I had ended up with that McGann, I would have been um, uh, happy with it for a while. But uh, guy in RMS had an FK, but he had actually sold his, so I couldn't go and see it. So there was there was none else for sale locally. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was looking at that. I was looking at i30ns, also a great car, nice car. And uh, then the Model Three Performance was in there. They're all in and around the same uh, price bracket. But I went practical. I went for an estate car. Right. Yep. Getting a few firsts out of the way. Okay. First Mercedes. Very nice. First V8. It's an age thing. It is an age thing. Yes. Mercedes is an age thing. Once, once you're north of 40, Mercedes is a lot more culturally acceptable. Yes, they're, they're, they've always been known as the older gentleman's car. Yep, so it's the old smokers. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, first Mark, first V8, uh, C63 AMG with the 4-litre nice. bi-turbo. Haven't picked it up yet, so... This podcast could go out, and then you'll not see a thread on RMS. And if you don't see a thread on RMS, it's because it didn't work out, and then <laughs> and you all know about it. Awkward. So yeah, looking forward to that. A state car. 
is what is on its way. Well, I think uh, C63 is a good choice because they're very tried and tested, yeah. well reviewed. You know, uh, great noise off them. Well, nearly 500 performance. Brake, 500 brake, yeah. like just, you know, if you get to the dump, that wee bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah, but <clears throat> as Gary says, the sound of them is fantastic. Um, I was at, I, this day last week, there was a way Cars and Coffee, a very impromptu one up at Junction 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the RMSers rolled in in the C63. Mm-hmm. And you could hear it before it was coming in. Not because he was like ragging or anything, but it's just, there's such a distinctive sound. And yeah. I would say, for me, the AMG V8 and Jaguar's V8 sound mm-hmm. are two of the finest sounding cars there is out there. Now, was it uh, normally aspirated one, or was it uh, one of the, the newer turbo ones? I'm going to say it was one of the older ones. Like the 6.3 yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. which which are really meaty, especially yes. as they get, take the resonators out and stuff like that, and cut boxes out of them, they just mm-hmm. sound like a machine gun. Sounds like thunder. Yeah. It was awesome. Cool. So, so like, that's what, uh, and of course, like, I couldn't leave it, like, take your time, pace, pace yourself, <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, no, right, I need to buy something immediately. And it's nearly a good, it's nearly a relief from Auto Trader because I was just click check the save. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have email email alerts. No, I had to check you know the save searches five hundred times over. But that was a way when you're fixated and getting something and um, refresh, refresh, refresh. And a wee and a wee England sourcing trip, which we've talked about, we all love. So I'm looking forward to doing that Somewhere next well. next where, week. Where is it? Uh, near Manchester. So that'll be a nice wee trip. Have you ever had uh, an estate guy? Uh, yes, A6 by TDA. For a short time, which I loved. Yeah. Um, I always said I would buy another at some point, probably a Slynn one. I don't really need an estate, I have nothing against them, but just uh, at one work out it was a trade in or something I got there. But yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not a vet. <laughs> 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 I used to have an Accord estate, and a friend of ours used to call it or the, my, my vet's car. Is that the one that um, Pete yeah. Rookfab? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He loves that car or loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it for like five years. Great I've job. Never had an estate. Like, I've had the, well, the X5 and stuff like that are classed as estates on, on the tax book, but... It's not an estate, though. No. No. So you get all the space, but with relatively similar handling characteristics. By the way, I was talking to Coog on Golf R's, and, you know, yeah. you know th- that was all in the in the mix as well, but then it was just like, oh, AMG 4 liter as as used in Aston Martin Vantage, mm-hmm. as used in... Mm-hmm. So why lovely car. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, it is. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so when are you getting that? Uh, week just over a week. A week. So, Super. so can't wait. Cannot wait. And then carry petrol it. Well, hopefully the four liter isn't as bad as alcoholic as the. Uh, I think that six point three or six point two is. You know. Yeah. Uh, 20 miles to the gallon on a very light run, whereas this should be mid to high twenties. Firstly, my mum had one. Um, definitely, but. It is what it is, you know, you yeah. don't buy them for uh, economy. Speaking of vehicles, you're, yeah. you're now uh, EVing yourself. Uh, yes, ID4 has darkened our doorstep, so to speak. Um, just first, got it last week. First impressions of being an EV owner? Good, good. Um, like I'm never going to be an EV lover. I'm just in the petrol cars and performance cars too much and like the noise and the drama and all that there. But um, for what it is, you know, it's, it's my wife's car. It's for ADB, I think. It's practical, it's easy to run, all that there, it's very comfy. Uh, first impressions are good. The thing I noted, it wasn't really about the car itself, it's more about the buying experience because I'm like I work in IT, same as you, Andy, so fairly savvy with you know all the IT tech that comes with cars now. Um, but when we went to buy it, and the salesman came out, uh, 
one of the first things he does is take you through settings in the car, the apps you have to put in your phone to connect it, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I thought if you were like a slightly older person who can't mm-hmm. operate a computer, mm-hmm. coming in here, I'm thinking about an electric car. It must be quite a scary experience. Yeah. Uh, and even my wife, who is, knows her way around a computer, trying to set up the driver profiles and get it connected to her phone and all there, she just found it a little bit intimidating, but... Yeah. Anything else? A couple of days ended. It's it's grand. It's, you know she's enjoying it now. Yeah. Well, I, I think all the apps are fantastic because you yeah. can do all well, the fun yeah, stuff. They're, like they're great. It's just preheat the, the, the cabin and up. do all that sort of yeah. stuff. But yeah, totally. It's once you have to be into like like the way you're yeah. in, in the tech compared to the old days where you walk down the handle your key and you, you drive off. That was yeah. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's that's as much as you have to think about it. Put the key in the slot. Where you go. Yeah. But other than that, all good. Got the EV charger installed at the house uh, last week. Guy did it at short notice and did a, a good job. Um, so we've done one charge at the house so far, which I just did it during the daytime just to kind of see how it goes. Just to see and, what. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to get onto the the proper tariff now and then start looking at the rates and things and see what it's costing. But we're, we're sort of lucky we've chargers here in work, so we can um, do a couple of charges per week in there. Mm-hmm. Well, look, there's there's two families out of three at this table have mm-hmm. an EV. This is why I, I like. V8 because my next car will pr- probably be electric. Uh, I've said we've we've talked about it in previous ones. I love the idea of an EV. I, I really do. I see benefits of it both ways, but I just haven't found something that fits the niche I need to at the minute. You know, yeah. I, I kept my X5. You know, my my three years were up on it in January time there, and I've kept it, and I couldn't be happier. You know, with it, I, I still love it. It does everything I need it to do really, really well. It can carry me, the kids, you know, the wife, whatever we're doing mm-hmm. in, in luxury. Uh, there's a tow bar on it. I can tow three and a half ton in behind it. Um, I don't tow that often, but that's something that the EVs don't do. Um, I know you can, some of them you can tow with them, but there's something stupid, like a really light, like 750 kilos is the maximum load you can take with an EV. Apparently it has terrible, terrible mm-hmm. impact to range. And this is the thing, they're not for everyone. It, it depends very much on your, your driving circumstances and kind of commute you're doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we, we got we got it on a Friday and on the Sunday we had to go down to Dublin and then come back via a slightly longer route. And we didn't take it. Took my M4. And it's just purely, when we had it two days, not quite sure mm-hmm. how far it goes in that range and blah, blah, blah. So we, we just thought, start to get familiar with it before we drive and any before further. You, before you do an Andy coming yeah. home from with the Jaguar. <laughs> but yeah, my, my wife would only use it for work commutes really and uh, school runs you know what you're doing you're doing a lot of probably driving around country yeah. and the towing and stuff it's probably perfect for and again this is this is really where I do think the EVs for that kind of and I, I really really am not generalising but you know like the school run mums and stuff like that there because part of the problem that we've seen with diesels and the DPFs blocking up is because they're not driven enough to regenerate mm-hmm. them they're, they're same as the petrols now with the petrol particulate filters <coughs> whereas the EV you can literally jump in it there's no pre-warming it. There's nothing else. There's no planted. There's no mechanical sympathy needed or mm-hmm. any sympathy yeah. with it. You literally get in, drive it where you need to do, kick the kids out of school, head off to the gym, and then on to your own thing. They're very easy. That's the way I put it. They're easy yeah. to drive. Which, if you're into your cars, you're driving maybe it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But great for the 95% of the population. That's all they want. I'll be interested to see how family life goes with it after couple of months yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, we, you know it's really fitted in with uh, ours f- fantastically but have the mark for long runs is the plan as well if, if necessary you know and um, or short runs or we'll be just driven all the time and end yeah. up flipping blowing a fortune in fuel <laughs> and EV <laughs> just gathering dust sure the money you made from selling the the Yaris cheap <laughs> oh I know the Yaris cheap listen to let, me. let yourself down <laughs> 
great value. It's not like you to give, give cars away. I did not give it away. Well, he's very so, Some would say you, you give it away a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Right. What? Some it, what, say he used to be called Andy. <laughs> We don't need to be talking about my vehicle sales or EVs anymore. What else? What Let's else is talking about Dakar nine elevens? Um, who can afford to buy one, and why would you buy one? Ooh. It's a bit of a, a crazy thing. It's basically a nine eleven GTS uh, with the four hundred seventy five horsepower engine, but a fifty millimeter suspension rise I, with another thirty on top. If you buy the lift system, did you see Chris Harrison it or yeah. Johnny Smith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that okay that that car seems absolutely uh, awesome because it can just handle handle any sort of surface. But I, I really see the it's supposed to have Rothman style livery, mm-hmm. but they obviously can't use Rothmans because mm-hmm. of the like sort the of nine five three did in the eighties, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like the the uh, uh, nicotine connection. Yeah. So with have rough roots, which is like vape, a, some kind of vape connection, which is some like some sort of like little own brand type <laughs> version of it, you know, the wish dot com version. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, well, we can't do that for copyright, so we'll call it flipping. I know. Should have got Bud Light, Br- Brandon's bread, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but uh, very very cool. But Porsche, like, how many special editions can they turn out, and and, and oh. how much are they asking for it? Uh, I don't even know. I, th- I think I th- it's forty or fifty grand more than a, a GTS. So about one hundred and sixty yeah. grand, something. Yeah, and like in fairness, every review I've read, every video I've watched, they've absolutely loved it and say it's brilliant fun. And you can take it off the road. Obviously, you know you can, you could like what you did. You went over to Nurburgring recently. You could mm-hmm. drive over to Germany, and then you could go up in the Alps. You could drive in the hills, take it yep. anywhere, free forests and all that there. But at the same time, you kind of go like, who asked Porsche to make an off-road nine eleven? It's when they have SUVs and stuff already, it does that. This is not to do with the fact I'm bitter that a whole pile of journals got invited to Lydon Hill to mm-hmm. do a, a rallycross course or or nothing. But that's that's really all the journalists were flown down there by Porsche to do the rallycross course. Yep. It looked absolutely mega mm-hmm. crack, but it was like the perfect. That's the use case for that car. Otherwise, it just goes into a collection. It's yep. not really it. But and again, <coughs> the Porsche know they can build this here because. There's an ask for every seat, and if you create some special edition, you know you're going to have people with more money than sense buy it. For me, I think it's a completely pointless car. It reminds me a bit of like a gold iPhone or something. Yeah. You know, it just does what Darwin does, but you don't really need it, but somebody will just go and spend the money on it just to have it and show yeah. it off. Well, like Porsche yeah. are the masters of, uh, of this sort of carry on, but they also produce some amazing cars like GT3, GT2, that Turbo S. 911 Turbo S. Go back it's to okay, so the one that, like it launches like nobody else's business. And Andy, you and I at Bishop's Court, do you remember when I let you in that time? <laughs> that time, yeah. But do you remember the, the 911 Turbo S that Boydie was driving? Mm-hmm. That was an animal of a car, an yep. absolute savage, like just it turbos and meth and all the rest. It was turbos, what? meth was run just shy of a thousand horsepower and could have been run over it if they had wanted. It's a 991, was it? 991.2, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but it was just. Phenomenal. That that for me, you know, that's that's my dream car. Yeah. Well, look, at least Porsche do make all flavors for all. Mm-hmm. Well, they definitely do, and I think with this one, they're they're milking the back catalog a little bit because like there's that famous poster, not just of the the, the Rothmans nine five three, but the the nine five nine with the race suspension because there's an off road version of it as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was only me had it in my wall. I don't know, but <laughs> there was definitely a, a poster doing the rounds, so yeah. an iconic picture of it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of these they actually sell, but, yeah, but probably sure. hundreds. It's yeah. the same. Didn't we talk a couple of podcasts ago about BMW 
launching the M3 CSL or no, mm-hmm. sorry, not the CSL, the M3 CS, the Batmobile one. Yes. The fucking price of that was like a half million pound, or it, it was something really completely ridiculous as well. Yeah. But they pre-sold them. That's this. Look, uh, the manufacturers are. Are they on the pegs back in a certain way because it's the golden age, the last of the internal combustion, so all these run-out models mm-hmm. are coming out, and uh, maybe guys are sort of age that are growing up with BMs and all the rest, but suddenly have or have uh, lots of ways and means about them to go and spend yeah. mm-hmm. big money and these sorts of things. But you feel at the moment that they could really substitute anything and just make it, you know, say it's a special edition, it's covered in crystals or something like that there, and well, they'll y- still sell it. You see, right, I need to get off my high horse here, but yeah. I'm going to get on a wee bit, is they the do things like, uh, so GT3, 992 GT3, unobtainium, you can't even get it. Yeah. But if you do if you do get on that list, and like it is a uh, Masonic handshake job to get, to get one of these, and if you have the money as well, and then you have to take the watch. I think you have to buy that watch that comes mm-hmm. with a new GT3. And it's like, Porsche, stop it. Yep. This is just unnecessary. You know, you've got mm-hmm. them by the balls already. Mm-hmm. Now you've got them by the wrist. And therefore, then you can't, and when you get it, you can't sell them. Yeah. You have to sell it back to Porsche. You can't, you can't sell it privately to another collector or anything else. Because if you do, that's you off their, their you're, re, you're blacklisted. The re list forever. Yeah, which, uh, which is a shame because out of, uh, and I think Porsche do, they make great cars, but, uh, those cars deserve to be driven as well, not put away, yeah. not not hidden, not you know. So, uh, like the guy that sold me my GT4, I was so mm-hmm. grateful, you know, to get one the spec I wanted yep. and all the rest because <clears> I knew I couldn't have got it any other way. I couldn't even get to drive one. No. Porsche wouldn't let me drive anything. The cars are like, as you say, they're absolutely fantastic. But the Porsche attitude is very elitist, mm-hmm. and this thing about you know, it's, it's a very close knit kind of group of buyers. And it's very hard to get in. It just seems unfair. Not that it matters to me. I would never afford one. But it, you know, it just when you look at how you can buy other cars, yeah. And then this this particular brand doesn't do that. I suppose Ferraris did to a certain degree as well. They they used to be a bit closed off. I don't know if they are nowadays, but they were very particular about what journalists could review the cars and things like that. And yeah, right. didn't Chris Harris get banned for yeah. years for testing Ferraris because yeah. he was like really he he told the truth about it. Said so they you know. How they set up a journalist car, or how yeah. they set up the test cars, is very, very They're different from the real life cars. Boosted through the roof for the <coughs> for the journals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, different tires and all the rest of. Absolutely, but maybe we're just we're just jealous here. We all like <laughs> see if if uh, we were flown over to a rally cross circuit and there was there was three nine uh, eleven Dakars sitting in front of us and it's like there's the keys, lads. Oh, We'd be all like, oh, flat out. it's the best yeah. thing ever. You need to buy one of these and see this watch. It's class, and all. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. We'd all be on Instagram with the, the watch poses. Oh, <laughs> totally. Uh, totally. Gary, what else do I have? Uh, we've got a Golf R333 coming out, which I know nothing about. I didn't even look at the spec of it. I just saw the price and stopped reading. It'll sit 65 grand. And I thought, what kind of Golf costs 65,000 pounds? The Golf 8. insane. The Golf 8 has had a hard time. Yeah. It is not getting very well reviewed. The, the Golf R. Considering the, the 7 was so well received. The 7.5. Or kind of up the game as far as hot hatches go. So, um, I a Golf 7.5 mm-hmm. GTI was also on the list. And they do these uh, 40 year packs. 40 year ones, the performance yeah. packs, uh, different special editions, which seem to be, again, quite fruity, but it didn't go that way. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I don't think I've had a Golf GTI. No. Um, 
we Mark, who Mark O'Neill on the forum, Mark three one five, I think he is, um, helped me out at the shows and stuff like that with Reynolds mm-hmm. and Pete. He had the last of seven point five GTIs. He had Mark four. Sorry, he had the R before it. Um, then changed the GTI and Aussie. It was the TCR. Sorry, it was TCR. Like, uh, thinking yeah. about the well, the graphics on the side. Mm-hmm. The graphics on yeah, the yeah. side. He sold it, and Nigel from Nigel Lamont from mm-hmm. uh, Reload. Reload Podcast. He has it now, and and it's funny seeing the small changes he's making to it, mm-hmm. and he's just making it from what was already an amazing car. Um, he's just spacing it. He's lowered it. He's going to tune it. He's doing different bits and pieces. They are such a good car, Andy. Mm-hmm. Such a good car, and so much better than the Golf R. His isn't a TCR, it's a... Uh, and the name's escaping me out now. It's like Edition 35, or... I saw pictures of it, on. I'm going to have to text Mark and see what it was. But yeah. it's, it's, it's such a good... And the, the wing back seats and everything in it, it was so yeah. nice. Yeah, fantastic. So nice. Yeah, And maybe like an Alcantara trim steering yeah. wheel and that sort of stuff. Yeah, See, that 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 is far more interesting to yeah. me than... Uh, and they have this weird way, it's like this overboost thing, so... Um, Mark took uh, after Dub said he took me and Rennes out for a run on it, and like it's driving at full boost, and then like I think you press a button or something that gives you like an extra twenty or thirty horsepower for you know a shorter period of time until it recharges. It's, it's so cool, so it is. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. So uh, they're very cool, and but I don't think the so this is a Mark Eight. Golf R three three three. It's sixty five grand. Sixty five big ones. And I presume the three 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 means it's three hundred and thirty three horses, or is that the number uh, they're making? I think so. I'll quickly go through. Um, it's maybe taking the portrait here. It's making a, a special edition, which they don't really need to, but some uh, purist will buy it. But I just think sixty five grand for any golf is crazy. Pongers. But you know, you're looking now at M threes being up in the hundred k, which used to be Ferrari and supercar mm-hmm. money. So maybe it's the way things are going. Speaking of that and uh, good old uh, BCA, which we we know and love, did you see? You saw a G eighty two M four for around in the fifties. Yeah, it was today. I was looking at it. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, the estimate on there was fifty grand, which means probably fifty four, fifty five in a forecourt. They're dropping. Wow, big time. Because that car last year was at least seventy on there, seventy five. Yeah, we're, what are they eighty grand new? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Eighty plus, yeah. Right. If you any options, you're up around a hundred. Very easy. I doubt the M3 Tourings will will ever hit that number. But They're so nice, so nice. There we go. Uh, funky color golf or absolutely free. Uh, no, it's kind of like a yellowy. No thanks. I talk yellow. Well, Cat, cats pee yellow. You are right on a three hundred forty three horsepower potential collector's item. Of course, we're going to say it. Mm. Um, I. Kropovich exhaust. I'm far more interested in these uh, spiced up front wheel drive versions, the TCRs yeah. and of of this world. There we go. Yeah, sixty five grand. So thanks, but no thanks. Not for me. Not for me, indeed. What else? What else do I have, Gary? You're the man with the the list here. Uh, keep us right. There's a long running ro- sorry, can I speak? A long running thread on RMS about car registrations. Which I've been following because it I recently bought one for myself. And again, this is like a running theme in this episode, the price of everything. Mm-hmm. Have you seen some of the prices of them? They're just, they're just getting out of hand. Like I, I must be totally out of, out of touch. I remember looking at gas plates about 10 years ago, thinking I might buy one. And I, I didn't at the time and should have because gas 700, which I priced, is now 10 grand. That's just and nuts. They were in the hundreds of pounds when I remember looking at them. Now, part of that is because it's so easy now, because since the DVLA merged, that yeah. if you're in the south of England, you can buy a 
uh, what do they call it, a dateless plate, mm-hmm. which is really a Northern Irish registration, uh, or Belfast Reg or whatever it is. But even still, a three by, th- or three, by three plate yeah. is at, at that money. It's just nonsense. I ended up with a £400 one. Um, but again, it's just... It's a plate. It serves no functional purpose apart from look nice. I look. It does. I think it can yeah. tidy up a car. Oh, definitely can. But not not yeah. that much. I, I'm the same. But do you know what? I love seeing how much people get their knickers in a twist <coughs> over metro plates and whatever else. I'm this, I'm with you guys. I think it freshens the car up. It makes it a wee bit yeah. tastier. You go. Oh, it's just a number plate. It's three digits and three letters. <laughs> you know. And who gives a shit? But these guys getting their fucking knickers in a twist over somebody sticking on a metro plate and how it freshens. I think nice three by three plate is nice, but they're not worth that money. There's no doubt about it. It really helps. There's a new uh, G80 M3 near me, and the guy has an English reg on it, uh-huh. and he's done it in a nice font and all there. But it's it's so comic, long. Comic Sans. It would look much better, with, you know, just uh, <laughs> two or three digits. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it Ulsterbus or Translink started selling off some of the old? Because remember that all the old Ulsterbus used to have three letters, three numbers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Ulsterbus then or Translink were selling off loads oh, of were the old. They? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who was the guy there was one of the RMS members and he was based on the normal road there something remember he used to sell the the normal plates I can't even remember what his name is because I bought something off him a long time ago um, he used to sell them and he, he even marked them as all X Ulster bus things right okay yeah but again Translink were early on the speaking of buses someone on RMS bought a bus did you, did you see that for it Log- Logies yeah so cool a bus a, a proper bus not a uh, no, mini he's, bus he's bought a classic he's bought a classic bus hasn't yeah. he yeah like so, a, like a uh, f- this big double 50, decker 52 seater thing yeah 1965 spring spacers the whole works it's so <laughs> freaking cool so it is yeah. now obviously they do wedding hire and stuff like that there and, and yeah. you can see a real niche for it here yeah but it's just you see that kind of again it was fully restored somebody else has spent a lot of money on it and he thought well look we're going to take a chance here mm-hmm. and when you see it and and all the wee different intricate bits and pieces mm-hmm. it's one of those ones there you know where the driver sitting forward in like his own cab and to to the passenger side where people walk into the bus it's all closed off so mm-hmm. it, it's like a single seat up front it's just really funky I always wanted one of those you know the, the coin dispensers yeah <laughs> Like something like a taxi driver and have it clipped on the door card, you know? <laughs> ding, ding, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, no. There used to be, uh, not far from here, there used to be a double decker bus that parked across the road here in Butcher Road every, um, every day and they serve food. Oh, cool. And somebody converted it all so you could actually go and sit on the bus and um, see, I forget I, the name of it now, but it's, it d- disappeared. I think there was some health and safety issue. That's fabulous. <laughs> use of the bus. Now, is this to transport the guests or is this to wine and dine the guests or is this to wine and dine the guests on the way to the <laughs> this is This is to transport guests to and from wedding venues and, mm-hmm. and from the, the churches or chapels to the wedding venue. Can you imagine um, at a wedding party and there's a bus to sh- show for you about, but the top, the upper deck had a big bar in it? <laughs> You'd just be swaying about. <laughs> Disco ball and everything. Talking about buses, like if I had the money to do it, like my, my kind of like long term dreams and stuff like you know the big American RVs and stuff like that. There, mm-hmm. I would love to buy one of like the the Transit Gold Liners and tra- <laughs> convert it convert it into like this big mad motorhome and just travel everywhere. Just drive up and down Glen Sheen every yeah. day. Ross is fun bus, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Well, I look forward to that thread. Uh, yeah. When you, when you when you get that, Ross. And okay. bus automotive. Yeah. <laughs> Got a ring, did? Painted it all black. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I do it all uh, matte black. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Plates are are uh, not so. I'm glad I got mine when yeah. I did because I don't think I would. 
I would go You've for got it. a couple, have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got my ACZ and my and OAZ. I, I really like, I, I love the look of the two digit ones. I just couldn't bring myself to spend the money on it. Mm. Just, no, it's not <coughs> worth it. It's yeah, just, well, I got mine cheap yeah. back in the day. Like, or yeah, I would have. better things I can spend. I actually it on. love, you know, Lions' plate. I think it's cool. Oh, it says all the nines. Like the th- 9999. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then two, li- two letters after it. That's, yeah, yeah. It's really cool, so it is. Yeah, it's very cool. Unbefitting him. <laughs> Ooh. Shots fired. Shots, <laughs> shots fired indeed. Ross, you're, you're going to have something to talk about rather than uh, plates. Plates. No. We've got a blank space in our show notes, unless it's invisible ink. We see. No. Actually, the real reason for this episode, I can't believe we're 28 minutes and just talking nonsense. We're supposed to be talking about listener questions, forum questions. So let's let's rip into a few of those. Unfortunately, the first question is for me. Great. <laughs> uh, Boydie asks, what is after the Amira M4, M3, and why? Oh, it's for all of us, sorry. Uh, so what's after the Amira? I have absolutely no idea. I, t- I tell you, I tell you what. You've only just got it, and I have planned it. It's all these mm-hmm. things. I plan to keep it forever, or until yeah, someone offered me a, a GT4 RS at money I could afford, mm-hmm. which is not going to happen because they're now two hundred and fifty grand. They're like double their money. Mental. I think what will happen is they'll just want it's uh, an Amira S model or Club Sport, and that's the one you'll want. Uh, you're right. Yeah. It won't be a, a different car. Oh, I'll just be a complete sucker for that. Yeah. I would like yes. It'll be take, some hardcore take, Amira. Take take my money. Ten mm-hmm. extra horse, special flipping stripe up the door. Lovely. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fifty you, mil suspension raise. Well, well, you know the Yaris is gone. C sixty three is coming. So there's your answer there, uh, boy. The guy, the M four. You've just got it, but just got it too. Uh, I don't know. I really love it, but um, I guess four doors wouldn't hurt. I'd probably go to an F eighty. Mm-hmm. Or if money would stretch, maybe the, the newer model, the G80, if they come down in price in the next yeah, year. Yeah, get it done. Because although I hated them on this show about a year ago, I've really come around them. The grill's kind of becoming less of an issue. I don't look at it anymore. I, t- I tell you one alternative, which I bet you thought, yeah, I've thought of that. And I, this was sort of on my list, but they were, they were, to be honest, they were £10,000 outside my price range. Quadrifoglio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. They yeah, are. Definitely I was at the Cars and Coffee up at Temple Patrick on Sunday, took the mm-hmm. Lotus, it was parked beside Phil's Trevor. Oh, what what a car. Couldn't get out of it out of it. Do you know how to get out of a because uh, there's there's no door handles. There's no door handles there's a button on, the, on the inside. On the, there's a button on the on the on the mirror. On the mirror to open it. Yeah. But to get out of it, it's I'll not tell you how you get out. It is you just have to get in, it's a mental challenge. I couldn't yes, get out. Phil nicely. It's it's like an escape room. They are like an escape room to wow. try and get out. Yeah. But uh Anyway, what was I even talking about? Yes, there was a quarter, there was a, there was an alpha there in uh, quarter fog. Flog- Gav's one. white one though. No, blue one. Right. Blue one with some carbon bits. Absolutely. Gav 55's white one is Gorgeous. stunning. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that at the Cars and Coffee. Yeah, so this was blue one with the grey wheels, and I was like, oh, why did I buy that? Mark? Mm. I haven't even got it yet. But I couldn't. I can't afford. I couldn't afford it anyway. No, but uh, just no, they're they're a really stunning car. Felt like better on his uh, silver one when he had it, and they're so punchy too. Powerways, like really yeah. really impressive. Yeah, they're just really, just a love, a lovely looking thing. And they sound amazing. Yeah, yeah, that V6. Sounds so, yeah, sounds so good. Me with the M3, <clears throat> I've been offered good money for the M3. You know, it, as you all know, it didn't cost me very much money. And I've spent a few pounds on it. But my kind of issue with that is, is the M3 is really just my weekend or sunny weather. Like, I came down at the night because, why not? It was a nice evening, mm-hmm. blasted down a bit. It's a 20-year-old M3. It's... Not the fastest car. A granny Yaris beat it in the drag race, you know. So, <laughs> but if I got so, 
I was offered really strong money for it. And if I had sold it, I'm either going to do something stupid with the money or I'm going to go out and blow it. But the problem for me is, let's, ju- let's just p- pull 25 grand here. 25 grand would buy you a lot of nice cars. Mm-hmm. But it's not a yellow E46 nice car. Yeah. Mm. And, and as I've said before, that car for me, that's my car, my way, my seats, my steering wheel, the diff in it, the airbox, the everything else. It really is a culmination of all parts car. And whilst it can't launch off the line in the way that a Yaris can, or most modern cars for that, you know, for that point of the fa- point of the fact is, a modern diesel is probably quicker than it. But on the right roads at the right time, with the windows down, there's very very little else <clears throat> I would ever want to be sitting in. Mm-hmm. Apart from I loved your GT4, mm-hmm. I, I still think back to going out round Kirkson that with you that day. Like it was just such an accomplished car. It was just amazing everything it done. But for me, the, my M3 is just a weekend car, so unless it's going to be something batshit crazy that literally is just a weekend car. But even then, I don't know if I'd want the likes of a Caterham or, or, or something else, you know, something like that. I, I love the idea of them, but you test drove. Remember that you took the, the, the Caterham for the weekend? or uh-huh. remember? That? Yeah, yeah. Could you live with one as a weekend car, or would you get bored of it quickly? I didn't particularly yeah. gel with that, uh, in terms of thought of long-term prospects, driving it up the Antrim Coast Road uh, on a sunny day, uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. But but it, it, but when the first lorry passes you and you're realising you're down at like hubcap level, do you know? Do you know what? See Harren one. That's mm-hmm. the best thing. That's yeah. the best thing to do. Uh, and funnily enough, it puts me in the mind of when I was uh, test driving the Morgan, yeah. and I was over at, at Morgan, and they get to hire you one, so you could you could fly over, go to the Morgan factory, do a tour, and then hire one for the afternoon. That's first class, but but a nice car to hand back mm-hmm. because I know it's it is the sort of the sort of thing that the use case is quite limited. So it would sit in the garage. It's a lot. not even a second car; it's a third or fourth car. Well, that's the, actually what they were saying that that these people people who are buying a Morgan it's not a, it's not a second car. They you know it's part of a collection. Yeah. They already you know. have something nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so something it, else nice. Yeah, so it's something they want something totally different, totally different driving experience, yeah. but. Uh, but yeah, uh, do you know what? There's something about an E46 M3 bring, makes me think of de- early days of E36s, E46s, yeah. that straight six rasp, you know. 20 years ago, it was my dream car. And I'm lucky enough that I won my dream car. Yeah. And I've spent a few pounds on it to make it my car now. The, the one that, you know, 21, 22-year-old Ross would have loved to have, to have had there. Now I have it. And I just enjoy it for driving it. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah. I, th- I think if we all had, like yourself, Ross, had a classic-ish sort of thing from mm-hmm. that era, and and the and then the values are going through the roof, you're like, well, you know, maybe hold on to this because I'll never have another well, opportunity. I think that era was quite magical for BMW because they, they've made faster cars since and oh, yeah. more tech and heavier and all that there. But um, like, ask any kind of BMW enthusiast, and a lot of them will say the 46 and the 39. That kind of time period, they were the, the two ones they have and still mm-hmm. are. And they may not be as quick as modern ones, but just for feel and noise and being natural aspirated and all that there. And I say I'm like having an M4, yeah. which I love, but I've had the E46 and E39 as well, and they're absolutely amazing, both mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, Excellent. So you are, Boydie. Uh, next question. Uh, <clears throat> if you could be sponsored for one year to take part in any motorsport in the world, uh, what would it be and... Why? Now, there, mm. is a, there is a question quite similar to this addressed to me, so I'm going to let you guys uh, have a crack at that one. Interesting. 
Um, not really into single seaters, or I'm not an F1 fan or anything like that. There, I think for me it would probably be just Irish rallying, Mark II escort. Nice. Year hooning about the back roads Absolutely. and that there would Fantastic. be a great crack. Yeah. Plus my my family have done it for a long time, so that's probably what I've grew up around. That's a really, my, good, my personal really good answer. I like that one, so do. Yeah. Yep. Ross? Um, do you know something? All I want to do is do circles and drift cars. So I would love to, somebody sponsor me to put me out in something nice and just go sideways. Yeah, that's what I would like to do. Class. Class. Drifting? So, yeah. Awesome. Great. And hooligan mode in the M3 then? Just, yeah. <laughs> Hanging a second gear drift, that's still like the, the holy grail for me. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Aidan McGee asks, if out and not drinking, do you prefer alcohol-free or the old faithful mineral soft drinks? And you know what? I will pick up on this question because as a recent dad, this uh, this is a, now a, a fairly big thing because not a lot of drinking is done on a, on a weekend like back in the day. See, drinking a, a mineral. What a, what a, a, what a word. Such a mineral. an Irish way of saying a I'll, mineral. I'll have a mineral, sir. But, uh, <laughs> lemonade, please. See if you're three or four cokes in, you're wired. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I'm not going to get much sleep tonight <laughs> anyway because <laughs> the wind keep me up. And uh, and then flip me. Uh, so you, you get wired on three or four cokes, never mind Red Bull or something like that? I've, I wouldn't touch Red Bull. Well, if someone hands you a Jager bomb, you can't say no. no. You can't hang, say no. Hang on, hang on. I, I vaguely recall uh, Limelight's. <laughs> on Tuesday nights about oh, 15 years ago pints ter- of Red Bull for a fiver terrible. sorry Red Bull vodka I should Ter- terrible for it yeah. and, and so bad for you and then palpitations the next day <laughs> triple like a triple vodka and Red Bull oh just oh, you, you wake up the DTs yeah. oh just you know you're, you're lining your stomach just goes goes by you the next morning oh, yeah. just flipping horrendous but I, I don't do the alcohol free stuff I would. Uh, I, I just see it as as uh, pointless. Sacrilegious. I've I've, tr- I've tried them, and do you know something? It, it's they're fine. They're all right. Um, I was around at Renaissance's. I can't remember. It was one day. Actually, it was last year. So it was, and he had the Guinness Double O was just in, mm-hmm. and I like a Guinness. So I was like, yeah, look, give me a ton of it, and it was fine. It was all right, but. It wasn't great. Tell me this: Would you would you cruise down the the road having a Guinness double in the same way you would skull a monster? <laughs> no chance. Exactly. No chance. <laughs> exactly. So it doesn't have. A, do you know that stuff doesn't have a good look about it? Now I'm going to completely uh, contradict myself, which I'm uh, famous for, by the way. So don't believe a word I say. I wouldn't believe a word I word I say. However, uh, we are experiencing some sort of heat, mad heat wave at the moment. By the way, and you'll laugh at this, the aircon has stopped working in the Lotus. <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit of a surprise. I'm, I'm really laughing. I don't have air conditioning working in the E46, so I'm I, far from bothered. It's a bit of a hot box. Are you sure it actually had it? it uh, no, it did, because okay. we, we had Just uh, we had five days in France and Germany already, and we were, we were for ice cold. But must be, I don't know what it needs. It, it's more than a regas, because it's that news. But we get it mm-hmm. sorted under warranty. That's what the warranty's for. It's Lotus life. But uh, anyway, on a night like this, and... If you weren't driving, you just want to sit outside, and if you had a non-alcoholic beer, it would give you that feeling mm-hmm. of that sort of relaxed type of. Because I don't know how much of that's placebo too, and I bet you there's people out there that I get absolutely hammered on zero percent stuff because they're well, obviously they're mental number one, yeah. but you know that plays the tricks in their mind. Well, this, this is thing. Like when Guinness Zero came out, I remember reading um, there was an ad on Twitter from Guinness, and I clicked on it, and all the replies like, "Oh, why, why would you drink Guinness Zero for?" If you're not going to get drunk, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You think, well, there's the fucking point. That's it's minus, you know, zero alcohol, so you can actually go out. Everyone else is sitting at pints. You don't look at guy, the guy sitting at a club orange. Yeah, you don't want to be the odd one out. 
So yep. it looks exactly the same, but you know, you can drive home. Yeah, basically. Um, I've had it. Like I, I quite like it. I thought it was as close as you'll get to Guinness. It's probably the best out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Erdinger alcohol-free isn't bad. Well, still a slight aftertaste, but uh, those would be the two for me. Uh, before that, before they came along, I probably would have drunk Coke because the only other option, which I'm old enough to remember, is Caliber, which tasted like absolute fucking oh, pish. Caliber, yes. Grim. It was horrible. Grim. R- Rigger asks, why are the general standards of driving nowadays so bad? Lack of police presence on the roads and relying on cameras instead. I just think it's old Jaguar drivers. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, I can say this because no, I met him last week. <laughs> is this, uh, when you say old Jaguar drivers, are you talking about the age of the car itself, or the age of the driver, or both? Uh, you find both are, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually a really good point. People, people could not give a shit. Um, my drive today took me from work in Downpatrick, had to go to Lisburn, then from Lisburn had to go to Dungannon and then the whole way back. And like genuinely the amount of people you see head up and down on their phones, mm-hmm. waving all over the road. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous what it is. Um I've gotten the habit now of sticking my phone like where I can't reach it. So mm-hmm. if I'm driving the X five, everything's car playing and stuff now anyway. So I fire it in the back so that there's no temptation to grab it. Yeah. Um, but it's ridiculous. And, and it pisses me off. Like, it really does when you see that there's such a poor sound of driving and you driving, blipping the, the, the Lotus. People go, look at that fucking dickhead. Me driving up and down the road. I've never done such Blipping in the, the M3. Gary coming in. No, loud, noisy cars. We're the ones who get targeted. But yet, the amount of retards who are out there with no care or consideration for anybody other than themselves flicking through TikTok and Instagram and whatever other shite that they're doing and not concentrating on the wheel mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's ridiculous what it is I worry when you get the combination of that and HGV driver or something mm. like that where uh, you suddenly see a lorry flipping across the you know and so, yeah. you've ever noticed a lorry hag on the road like you see it a mile away, and it's mm-hmm. it could be scary business. I'm not saying these TV drivers are generally good, very good, like, but uh, that type of you know that type of thing. If it's in if it's in people's mentality when they're young, or I'm a bit bored. I'll just get the phone out or yeah. s- something like that. It, it, it's all too easy. Like again, part of my last job was I was driving HGV souls, and you know you're you're that much higher up. You see everything, but. Like even on a light load for me, I had twenty ton on the back of it, mm-hmm. and if something goes wrong at twenty ton, mm-hmm. frighten. It's a well, world it's of a shit. lot of weight pushing it along. It's a lot of weight yeah. trying to a lot of momentum to try and stop, and you might only be doing forty five or fifty mile an hour. It's a lot but of responsibility for sure. sure. Reminds you of that remember the video of the the guy letting his kid drive the lorry. Oh, and he got he got done recently, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, didn't go to court. Mm-hmm. No, you think about like how much weight was not mm-hmm. a child controlling it. It's insane. Nuts. Got a question from Riggers. Interesting. Um, the general standards of driving nowadays so bad. Is it? There's two perspectives. Is it that the general standard of driving isn't up to scratch on a technical level? People aren't professional enough, and the, that the, the driving lessons aren't being good enough, or they're not learning enough. Or does he mean that people don't give a shit? They know how to drive well, but they're choosing not to do it. Less consideration. Mm-hmm. Is, do you know what I was actually going to uh, mention? Uh, you know, is. Is COVID a factor in that? You know, or you know, mm. people being off the road for a while, and I, I, don't, I don't think know. so. I don't. 
like at the end of the day, we all have to meet standards to pass your driving test. Mm-hmm. Whether, and that's maybe only standards for the day, but we've all met those standards to do it. Some people can't reverse. You know, it's just, and no matter how many lessons they get, they've done enough to get through the test, and that's enough to do it. I, I see people every day, and it, uh, I couldn't do it. Like, you know when you see people winging it up on the curb and then dropping it down mm-hmm. with no sympathy for anything at all? Yeah. But that's somebody who's not confident parking or reversing. They've done enough to get through their, their test, but uh, I, I, I see this question more as people who just are so arrogant and up themselves that they couldn't care less anymore. Well, you, I, 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 you had a fun experience this morning, actually, because I met two drivers doing two different, very different things, taking my Sunday school. So one was oncoming in a, one of them new uh, Defenders, you know, the three-door ones, mm-hmm. but absolutely flying down the back road. Now, this back road that we take to the school is quite narrow. You can just about fit two cars on it. So this, this Jeep was coming along, I'd say, 67 mile an hour, easily, and not slowing down for any oncoming cars mm-hmm. whatsoever. So I was tied on the hedge as far as I could go, and they literally just squeezed through mm-hmm. for about an inch to spare. I just thought there's no need for kind of speeding that road, and there's, there's no space. Mm-hmm. And then the opposite's in front of me, someone who's driving so slowly and kept breaking for every oncoming car, but then would be kind of veering out over the line and not keeping a, a kind of steady, yep. straight approach themselves. Someone you can't get past. Yeah, yeah, which is frustrating. You know, it's they're not really going to do any great danger at that speed, but equally frustrates drivers it's behind. It's frustration drivers behind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, i tell you one thing I've noticed driving the Lotus and I, I've compared to the Porsche is that people are far nicer to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get let out at junctions yep. and smiles and thumbs up and not the wanker sign and it's not because they recognise me. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Honk if yeah. you're horny. <laughs> but I, I, I think to round up that question is, look, we're all in the cars. We're, we're in the driving where we enjoy what we do. We take a pride, hopefully mm-hmm. a lot of us, in, in what we do. And hopefully we are mostly, we're, we're adult enough about what we do in the roads, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, those people here are maybe not into it the way. And, and you know what? We are a damn breed. EVs and automation Speak and all that yourself. sort of stuff, you know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all all the, the new chat GPT drivers—that's what you're going to be. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, the next question. Let's let's nip on to the next question. Uh, we have fifty grand to spend. Uh, Group A Evo asked this question: Two car guys for your retirement in the south of France. I'm retiring the south of France. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Somewhere like, around Monaco, and you only fifty grand to spend. I know. I know. So what's going on there? By the time we're ready to spend fifty grand, we'll just be able to just about be able to buy something that yeah. I have right well, now. Fifty grand's not going to buy you a golf three three three. No, sure it's not. Don't give us much. Fifty k, buy a flipping uh, fish somewhere with fifty k. Just going to go for the old tried and tested like a uh, quick four door saloon um, F eighty or something about thirty grand for during the week, and then twenty grand. Uh, don't know. Caterham kick car or something. Yeah, south of France. Yeah, get something with the roof off. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's a good um, what's a good roadster now for twenty grand? You would get an R- MX five. Uh, you would get an earlier Elise for that. Oh, you know, nice. You see, uh, uh, Graham Wallace's Elise is back on collecting mm-hmm. uh, collecting cars again. I think uh, you would easily buy that for under um, Z four M or Boxster. Yeah. You get a good Boxster for twenty grand. Yeah, probably would. Um, would you get? Uh, what about an E ninety three? Like a V eight cab M3 or something yeah. for a bit of Something a, a bit, bit of, of noise. If you've the roof down you want noise. Roof down and noise for yeah. the Cote d'Azur. All them tunnels in the south of France through the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic. Uh, I think something like that there. We uh, V eight M three convertible. Uh, 
which is also has a modicum of practicality about it. Still got twenty five k, maybe maybe thirty k to spend after that. Must well get the IRS, wouldn't it? Get you, get you GRS. <laughs> I would have found he was selling it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so not not if anybody else were a bit of wit. Anyway, right, you're going to have to listen to me now because this one's for this one's especially for me. Uh, Pete mentioned earlier. So Big Pete asks, uh, remember when you're building your skyline for drifting? So I presume you mean your, my 200SX. We did have a skyline as well. And Robert keeping us updated with the progress. Car was built to such a high standard. Uh, I don't know if it was, Pete, but uh, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the credit anyway. And obviously a great expense. Uh, for me, it was all uh, absolutely all I had. As such, what made you go want to go drifting over the other forms of motorsport? Given the budget that you've put into quite a few different options, do you think you'll ever compete in another form of motorsport? Or once the itch is scratched, does that get it out of your system? Well, look, flip me. My uh, drifting, and I use the word career, very, very lightly, I started just people I was hanging around with into... Uh, Guys like Sideways Buff, we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, big into like E34 M5s and GSI Carlton's and Sideways stuff, and that was back in the day. It's a natural progression. Back in the day when you could hire uh, Knott's Corner Motorsports Centre for £30 an hour for like between that. six guys. On yeah. Tuesday night? Yeah, on a, on a weeknight. You know. That was amazing. You paid more now for Xbox Live or something to yeah. sit and do it. Oh, totally. So, uh, so that's what got it under my skin, and then... Uh, then the Japanese car scene was just massive back in the early to mid 2000s. Had to have a skyline, had to be Bayside Blue. That was mm-hmm. just, I had my R33, but it was actually quite heavy. It was expensive to tune. It wasn't really that fast in the end. And uh, the 200SX was just the ubiquitous uh, drift mobile. So yours RB26? No, the, the the Skyline was RB25, yeah. Okay. And then it was an SR20 and the... Uh, I thought yours had, had a, an engine swap for some reason. No, no, uh, but um, just a turbo on it. But, yeah, so my 200SX S14 uh, saliva, as they're called. <laughs> uh, do you know what? It it was awesome. I've, I was just It was just one of those things, you just got carried away. And I was just putting everything I had into it. And uh, when I built the drift car, like, all the rules and regulations were coming in for the sport as well. And it's like, do it or don't. And I thought, well, why not? And I think mm-hmm. it was it was early, mid-20s at the time. And back then, the car was the car was quite cheap. And three grand now for yeah. a 200SX. You'll never buy one for that, yep. an S14A. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there, yeah, built a steel engine and painted it inside and out and uh, seats fire extinguisher cage uh, suspension uh, then you know just just everything ready for for competition and then and then in I think it was 2009 I went to trials for the European Drift Championship got selected and then the next year that became an invite only series uh, sponsored by Pirelli so like for three years did that and got to do all the big circuits in England and it was Torelli, Pirelli were providing us tyres and I had a boat sponsor and I had other sponsors for parts and I had uh, uh, I actually think for one of those years we were sponsored by BC who do the, the suspension we were all given coilovers mm-hmm. you know just stuff like that was like that was just mega and then and then all the events were f- were free for the invited drivers so you didn't have to, so like that was just it was mind-blowing but I, 
then uh, that series ended and I did a bit of the British Drift Championship, discovered it was much more expensive, didn't have the tyre sponsor and then at the time we were looking at building a house and stuff like that and it was just the time, it was just the right time to get out of it. So that's a very long story short and that's why I stepped out of it and uh, one of the big things actually it wasn't just the expense it was the time as well like uh, you mentioned Robert there like I couldn't have done without him because you know like we might have been on the ferry on a uh, on a Thursday night and Mm -hmm. the Monday Tuesday Wednesday night of that week we were working to midnight one o'clock in the morning because it just had a head gasket or piston it's not a one man show by any means replacing a turbo or putting a clutch in it or you know uh, there was always all this mad prep going on to and I don't think we ever at the same time, I don't think we ever missed an event in England in maybe three or four years, and the car always ran. We never, uh, I think maybe the R33 had problems, it blew up and stuff like that, but the uh, 200SX, like it just kept on, as long as you fed it the right parts, right consumables, like it just kept it just kept going and going. And uh, But yeah, life, and then it's just, it's it's a commitment. Any, any sort of motorsport, uh, you know, you see, you see people doing motorsport, and they've been doing it for twenty, thirty years. It's a whole family affair, and uh, well, Gary as well. Your family into motorsport, like everyone's at it, everyone's uh, yeah. around it. And I'm, and um, certainly where my family life is at the moment, that's not where I want to take spend my family's time. So that's where I'm thinking. Well, but I still like doing track days mm-hmm. and Nurburgring and all that sort of stuff, where you can sort of slip it in for. Um, a short trip or a day down at Kirkson or a day down at Modelo or something like that, which is much yeah, when more. you're not as committed as what you were doing before. And commitment, uh, commi- commitment for motorsport is huge. Would I love to do it again? Uh, absolutely, but I sort of know my limits. Yeah. On on that one, uh, does it get out of your system? Not, not really. Like I always get a cheap feet if I'm standing, at, if I'm at any sort of track and I'm not out on it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not particularly happy. Well, I think it's it's a bug that bites and it's always there. Then, yeah, you know, yeah. If you've done it even once in your life, you, you know you can do it, and you probably want to keep doing it. Um, yeah. Like I could only add that to say that um, always prepare for the unexpected because you know in your head you pick yourself, I'm going to go to this uh, race or track or cup day or whatever it is on Sunday, and going to go out and do all these laps. And in reality, you might go out half lap through. Your brakes will go, or something will break in the yeah. engine. So, just be prepared for the the bad stuff. That'll that'll really take your heart out of it as well. Yeah. So, and Pete, you say there you're going to embark on some motorsport next year, the Mini Cup at Kirkuson. Uh Funnily enough, that's something I would love to have a crack at. You know, the minis or the Fiestas or or whatever's been run. Or these to do the three thirties, mm-hmm. uh, the forty sixes. Um, and you, uh, you mentioned it's racing on a sensible budget, and not. That is true, and Donalds and the guys at Down at Kirk's and like the, you know, I do think they have their head screwed on there. What cars are fairly plentiful and available? I think they're, I don't even think they're supercharged minis. Are the mini Coopers? I'm sure someone will correct like us the on the standard 1600s. Yeah, yeah, someone will correct us on the form anyway. But yeah, but even in our, it's an R53 supercharged cars, not that, um, not that dear and. No. And drive really well, so that I was think there a Clio racing there at one point, or am I thinking of somewhere else? Clio Cup, Clio Cup. I'm not sure. Don't think so. I think from from my memory, it's it was being Fiestas for a long time, and then yeah. they um, 
and then the mini uh, the minis in the three the three thirties. They were fairly plentiful at one point. You know the the. One seven twos, one eight twos. Mm-hmm. I always thought it would have made a great base for you know a, oh, a totally. series, totally. a race series of good. But sure, there's plenty of them have been like Group N cars and yeah. you know, the, the Williams and all the rest too. And um, a great job. Uh, uh, I think uh, you say, well, one season get out of my system. Oh, uh, good luck with that. You could get the bug, <laughs> and you just want you'll just keep going at it until you need a. a uh, sometimes you need a seismic shift to get out of these. <laughs> Like these well, things. Like I've never ever in my whole life and I've been to a lot of motorsport events with my family and met lots of people on it and all there. I've never met anyone who's gone rallying or racing or cup series and says I really didn't enjoy that mm-hmm. I hated it and never did it again yeah. it's always opposite Yeah. well I did, t- I did yeah. drifting for balls. for 10 years mm-hmm. you know and uh, from from the grassroots right up to the to the uh, top of the sport and it was it was amazing but I wondered how I wonder how I ever did it you know, so but here go go and do it. I, I uh, motorsport needs competitors as well. Like just anyone who's listening to this, yeah. get get out there and and uh, give it a go. And needs marshals and 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 support. So yeah, do it. Absolutely, it's time for golf later in life. Go and do that now. You're right. You're right. This has given me bad um, bad ideas. If you open up a C sixty three cup, but uh, a state cup, but uh, Carcassonne, I'll be I'll be at it. You know, it'd be brilliant. You put all your supplies in the back of it. Well, here, we've uh, taken up enough of your time. I think we'd better get a guest on this uh, show. Sadly not for the, this episode. Uh, Ross has just actually vacated his chair here as well. So I think we'll just bring this old E46 into the scrapyard here <laughs> since he isn't here to defend himself. Uh, please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we'll be... Uh, on the forum and you can find us everywhere at RMS Motoring and remember there's no warranty this is sold to sing <laughs> <laughs>